As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so, you know, we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today, and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The producers of this podcast recognize the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. The following podcast contains content of a graphic, violent nature and is not suitable for children. And then the feds turn up one day um, saying to her, we want to know, you know, tell us about Danny Deacon. And she goes, why? And so they say, well, we think that he might be responsible for the death of, of his current partner. Mm-hmm. And what, what would you think about that? And she just said, wouldn't surprise me. 
at Australian True Crime, we're confident in saying we know about a lot of murder cases. But when there's ones we haven't heard much about, well, we're intrigued. Enter Lindy Cameron, journalist, award-winning author and publisher. Lindy's co-written a book with her sister, Finn J. Ross, full of Aussie cases of men and some women who kill. These are calculated offenders. This is Australian True Crime with Michelle Laurie and Emily Webb. Come with us as we go beyond the news cycle to find out how people become killers, how people become victims and what happens next. She's joining us to talk about, in her words, an absolute bastard called Danny Deacon from the Northern Territory and how she first came to hear about this convicted killer. Uh, I went to a, a, a fitness boot camp a couple of years ago. Good for you. Uh, yeah, good for me. <laughs> COVID undid everything. Um, but so I went to this boot camp and it was it was like a, a two-week retreat. And during that time I made friends with a, a woman who was living in Perth at the time. She was about to relocate to Melbourne, so she was, you know, <laughs> having a boot camp, as you do. Uh, and we were doing our washing in the laundromat and um, she discovered that I wrote crime fiction and true crime. And she said, oh, I should tell you about my ex-husband. And I said, what? What about him? And, he's, and she said, oh, he's in jail for murder. And I went, <gasps> oh, do tell. So she started to tell me. She didn't know a lot about what he Interestingly, she didn't know a lot about what he'd done. She only knew how he'd been with her and the fact that the federal police turned up where she was living in Bali at the time to ask her all about him and then to try and talk her into coming back to Australia to, to do a sting yeah. to try and get him to admit what he had done because the cops knew he had done it but there was no body and there was no proof. And so it had dragged on for over well over a year when when the, the cops finally managed. She refused. She just wanted nothing to do with it. Um, no, it sounds terrifying to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. But uh, hers, her, the story of how he was with her was if, she, if she'd not escaped from him, uh, she probably would have been his first wife that he, you know, that he bumped off um, because he's, he was one of those control freaks, um, the whole coercion uh, thing that is has become part of the domestic violence coercive scenario. Coercive control. Coercive control. Mm. Um, and that's how he was with her. And she's, I mean, I'm, you know, I spent time with this woman. She's a really smart, cluey woman. And you look at someone like that and you think, okay, it was, you know, 15 years ago, you were a lot younger, all of that sort of stuff. But how how does it happen? And yet the way that she describes it, it's so easy to see how easy it is for blokes like that who are charming, who present themselves in one way to the rest of the world. Everybody thinks they're a good bloke, not a bastard. Um, he doesn't try and pick up on anyone else's wives, so there's none of that. No one knows what he's like at home, and at home it's the whole control thing. You can't do this, you can't do that. Oh, no, let's not do that, or oh, I don't feel like seeing your your best friend. You know, she doesn't seem to like me much, and, and that might even be not true. You know, the friend might quite like him, but she, he's, you know, slowly trying to wrest control of her life from her by saying, you know, this is what we're going to do oh, you've got plans to go out with your friends. I was going to take you out for this wonderful romantic dinner, that sort of thing, you know. Isolate Um, her. Isolate her. Um, But then he got violent and she realised what was going on and uh, she managed to to get out of it. I wonder if it's like uh, I remember hearing in a podcast actually 
that there was a, a man who died and when he died, he, he had a family. Uh, he was an elderly man, but when he died, his family, his wife and kids discovered that he, they thought he had a lot of money. He'd actually had no money left. He had lost it all to a con man and the con had gone on for years and years and years. They were shocked. They had no idea what was happening. And he was a very smart, brilliant man. He was like a professor and all that. And so what the podcast was about was about this idea. They said it's actually more common for intelligent people to fall to long-term cons. Mm. And part of it, they believe, the psychology is that the smarter the person, the less likely they are to believe they can be conned and then to admit that they have been conned, even to themselves. And so they will stick with it longer Mm. because they can't accept it and all of that. And I was just thinking as you were talking, I thought, I wonder if, if it's hard for this lady and for other ladies sometimes to accept and to sort of tell other people and all of those things when they're in an abusive relationship, even especially in this early stage, the coercive control stage, because she's thinking... No, I'm I'm an, I'm a confident, smart, worldly woman. As if I could be controlled yeah. and coerced, and that's not me. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be able to pick up the signs. Yes, yeah. I'd be able to pick up the signs. You know, it must it must be worse than what you know Danny is doing f- to me. Surely, yeah, like, that's yeah, that, that uh, that's probably a fine. hell of a lot. Yeah, this is fine. This you know? isn't a, an abusive yeah. relationship. Abuse abused women are uh, this kind of woman. Yeah. But eventually, he became violent. Yeah, well, he became. Threatening, right? He 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 never got to the point of hitting her, but he would do, he like he chased her up the hall. He was a, a chef, so he had knives. He chased her up the hall with a knife. He did those sorts of oh things, God. which would be terrifying. Even if he didn't, even then, hit you, let alone stab you. Yeah, because you're a split. Um, but he would you're do a hair's th- breadth yeah. from death if yes. someone's chasing you with a he knife. He would throw all the, the her. She had a son, which um, Danny believed was her child, and and he wasn't. As they'd been together and then separated, and and she got pregnant to someone else in the meantime, and then they got back together. So Danny thought it was his. So Danny, child. Dan, yeah, even though she kept saying he's not your child, he he thought it was. So so it's on, on one level he thought the kid was his, and on the other level he being told it wasn't. So he probably had this thing where the kid's mine, I want him, or the kid's not mine, she had had a fling with someone else. Mm. So he treated that child quite oddly. He didn't do anything horrible to the child, but he would do things like, oh, he didn't put his toys away, I've thrown them all in the bin, you know. And that wasn't so much to to do to him, it was to do to her. Yeah. And yeah, so he would do things like that. Oh, he's a bastard! He's a bastard! Yeah, oh. and then and then the thing that the big trigger for um, this friend of mine was that Danny and her son uh, went out driving to do something, and there was a road rage incident uh, which terrified the kid. And when they got home, he was behaving oddly. So um, she went and said, "What's wrong?" And he said, "Oh, Danny got really angry in the car." And he shouted at, at this other driver. So, okay, we all do that, mm-hmm. right? And she'd probably seen it. She probably does it herself. We mm-hmm. all, I mean, I do it, right? Yeah. He apparently um, followed this guy, um, got out and um, just tried to smash his car oh. window um, and all of that. Sort of, and this kid saw it all. And so Danny was trying to tell her when he said, oh, nothing happened. I just, you know, shouted at him. Uh, but, you know, my son said, you got out of the car. Oh, yeah, well, I did, I suppose. I got in. And I, I tried to smash the window, but it was his fault. You know, he made me do it sort of Jeez. thing. And that's when she realised the whole, he made me do it, that that was it, and she managed. That's one of the reasons why she, she didn't tell anyone about it before, <laughs> uh, until then was the fact that her father was a cop. Oh. And she thought he would, yes. ju- an ex-cop, a retired cop, and she just thought that he would 
do something. <laughs> There's no you know? going back. There's and no going back. Again, so many women talk about that. They're like, I just knew if I told, even without the copper yeah. connection, if I tell my family and friends, they'll hate him forever. I'll never be able to take it yeah. back. Yeah. But if he's a cop, yeah. that's it. So what she did was she told her dad, things are not good. Mm. Um, I need you to come and change the locks. Oh, oh okay. Um, so he did that much. And, you know, so he just thought it was a, a minor argument. And uh, I mean, Anyway, she eventually managed to extricate herself and her life from him and she went to Bali to live and she was running um, some uh, spa resort things Wonderful. Like that. I know, what a life. Mm. And she loved it. But, and then the feds turn up one day um, saying to her, we want to know, you know, tell us about Danny Deacon. And she goes, why? And so they say, well, we think that he might be responsible for the death of, of his current partner. Mm-hmm. And what what would you think about that? And she just said, wouldn't surprise me. <sighs> so she told them how he'd been with her. They didn't tell her much at all, um, but said he's he this happened in the Northern Territory. He's now in Perth. We just need an inn. And one of the things that he seems to be still is obsessed about you. He had tried to ring her and ring her and ring her. So the because they had his tapped his phone. So he'd been trying to ring her on a number that she didn't have anymore because she had a different phone and she was in a different country. Yeah. So he'd been trying to ring her. So they were trying to get her to come back to do a sting, but they couldn't. She wouldn't. She just said, absolutely no way. I wouldn't put me or my my son in danger to do, to do that. I, I got away from him. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Um, so then I obviously I heard all of that part of the story. So then I go investigating who is this Danny Deacon and, and what's his, what had he and done. And what came of him. So she didn't. She didn't know anything but past that at all. No. And, yeah, so then um, he's up in Queensland. He meets someone in, in a dive Dive that he was a diver and she was a diver. Uh, yeah, Carly Sinclair. So Carly and Danny Deacon, they get married. They or they they partner up and they they start a, a dive shop. And then they and then he stopped doing that. Goes to Darwin and he starts up a um, a landscaping business. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so they were living there and he was running a landscape business. And then he started doing the whole. He's getting more control. They had a child, right? And then he started doing that whole thing, where are you, where are you going, um, controlling where she went, what she did, who she saw, the friends that they had were mutual friends, so they made friends together or they made friends that were his friends mm-hmm. through work, that that whole thing. And it just got worse and worse for her. I think luckily she realised also what was going on fairly soon. She certainly wasn't happy. Um, and he, while he wasn't, again, wasn't violent, violent, he, uh, with physical violence, the rest of it was unpleasant. She did, however, tell a couple of people. So they lived in a, like a, a set of flats units and, uh, she mentioned it to, to a guy that's the guys that lived downstairs. They lived upstairs. You know, if you, if you ever need help, just like drop something several times on the floor or bang, oh, thump good. on the floor and we'll come and help. Good on him. Yeah. And so there was a couple of people in the, in the flats that knew that, that there were problems, but eventually, and then she went home to Brisbane to visit her parents. Um, and she said that she didn't want to be there anymore. So they said, well, why don't you look for a job and, you know, and, and, you know, you can come home. So obviously she didn't want to leave without her, her son. And so the, the whole thing was, how does she do this? without making him angry and without making him want to. She wanted to organise custody of of her child so that she could move before any of that happened. Yeah. So she was in the process of doing that. 
when he discovered that something was up, she goes this particular night to the yard of his landscaping business. They have an argument. She um, stomps home with the pram and the pusher and everything like that. Next morning, lunchtime, she rings the cop to report his wife missing. Oh, no. Um, says the last time he saw her, she had they'd had a small argument. Uh, she'd taken the kid home. When he'd got home later that night, she wasn't there. Her the son was there, but she wasn't there. And she she he thinks that she's just packed everything up and gone. And the cops think, well, that's a bit weird. You know what mother does that? Yeah. Friends said that's a bit weird. No mother would do that. Um, and so they start looking at him, you know, and, and checking the story. There's vision of the last time she was seen, which is at a 7-Eleven service station type thing. So there's this last known photo of her, which was earlier that night on the way to, to, to the place. To his yard, his to, work. To his yard, which wasn't far from where they lived. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and anyway, obviously it transpires. He's killed her and then he's... Put, wrapped her body in a tarpaulin and put it in the back of his car and the next day he goes for a drive with his child yeah. in the car, goes driving, 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 goes to a service station, quite deliberately gets recorded, you know, as to where he is. So he's 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 giving himself an allegedly giving himself an alibi by being there. Um, that he's just taken a drive with his son, like you know, what else would he be doing if he's got his son in the car mm. and that sort of stuff? And then he goes where he knows that there is no cameras or anything um, and buries her body in a grave that he had previously dug yeah. for her. So it wasn't an accident. It wasn't a heat of the moment thing. He had planned to do it. And that becomes significant later on, It does it, become significant case? later yeah. on, yeah. So how long... Did the pretense of him saying, oh, Car- Carly's missing, you know, I don't know year. where she is. A good year. <gasps> right? Really? It, yes, because there was no evidence. There was, you know, he obviously watched enough CSI to, you know, clean up after himself. Um, and, of course, no one. There's a lot of room. Yeah. Around, I mean, Darwin's a small town and mm. then around it is a lot, lot of, of space. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. And even though he was deliberately deliberately on camera giving himself an alibi sort of there, he didn't bury it that way. He buried her like over, the, you know, in that direction from there. Away, yeah. um, but he'd obviously worked out the timing of, of how long, you know, he could be away to do something. And how long until she was reported missing too? He reported her missing the day after. Oh, okay. Yeah. God, yeah. he's ballsy. Yeah. yeah. So he hasn't given himself much time. No. To, to get it done. No, so he rings the police. Wow. He doesn't go in. He rings the police to report her missing. Mm. And then he takes a drive and disposes of her body because the cops aren't going to do anything immediately if you just report your wife missing the, 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 the morning after because the, the, the police will just think, oh, you know, they, if they've had an argument, she's probably gone to stay with a friend. Yep. So they can't do anything for a day or two. But he has done the right thing Yep. immediately reporting her missing. Yep. So hopefully it's less suspicious. What they would be more suspicious about is if he called two days later yeah. and said, oh, she's been gone two days, or if someone else called it in. or Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. The, the husband yeah. being worried yeah. straight away so he is did more. The, he, did, he did what a worried husband would yeah. do. God, he's yeah. wily. Yeah. 
So he did that, and and you can you can hear him. I've I've listened to the recordings of 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 him, you know, making this call. Oh yeah, we had the we we had yeah we had an argument, and we're having a few problems. But oh, you know, she, she it's not like this. She wouldn't leave, you know, our child, and uh, uh and so I'm really I'm really worried about it. But then the the second time he rang to find out, you know, so I, I reported my wife missing yesterday. The second time he rang, he gave more unnecessary information ah. about himself, um, and that's. You know, and then the cops are thinking, this is weird. Why is he telling us this sort of stuff? You what know? was he saying to them? Oh, he was just saying, oh, you know, we had an argument and, and yeah, um, you know, she often does this and, and she does, she, you know, I, I think she might be having an affair. My partner and I had a um, bit of a, an argument, I guess, last night. And it's been going on a bit lately. She's left the yard and uh, I've, the last I've seen her is as she's walking up the street. And uh, like I say, she was... Quite intoxicated. Mm-hmm. So what, what's, what's your main what's your what's your main concern at this point in time? I'm going to lose my son. Look, I know she's seeing another fella. Yeah. There are certain signs, and I'm I'm not stupid. Yeah. And I I know that something has been going on. And the night before last, there was a definite you definitely been having sex tonight mm-hmm. because the, the, without going into details when people live together you know certain things sure. so uh, it definitely happened none of which was true so he couldn't help himself so he couldn't help himself setting a scene for her having disappeared and that was the story he maintained the whole time until they found her body was that she'd run off with someone or that she'd just run off he was trying to tell the cops that he honestly believed that she had gone you know overseas and was living on a on a dive boat somewhere with some bloke or just by herself that he that she'd just run off do people start asking more questions? Like how did the investigation evolve where your friend, say, was contacted by the feds in Bali? Well, that was, that was like almost a year later. So he, lots of people started asking questions. Family members started asking questions. It turned out that her brother had had a short conversation with her the night before. I think he'd also have a short conversation with Danny Deacon the night before, you know, that sort of stuff. So he was ringing, he was doing weird things, ringing people. Um, and it didn't take long for the family to say, tell, talk to the cops and say, this is not who she is? No, she'd never leave what, her son. No matter what Danny says, she would not do this. Yes, she was she was wanting to leave him, but she ha- she'd had a job lined up. She had a job lined up in Brisbane, um, working for the hyperbaric chamber people in the dive boat thing. So oh. in the in one of the hospitals there. In fact, I think she had two jobs lined up to go to to be able to to support her and herself. You know, without without Danny's input. So once the cops knew that she was planning on leaving, that she'd had a life set up with a job to go to, the more they realised that she was, that something had happened to her. It didn't take them long, but they couldn't find any evidence. There was no body, there was no CCTV footage or anything like that, except for Danny seemingly alone in the car with the child with a perfectly good excuse that he had. Australian True Crime will be back in a moment. Thanks to our patrons, Georgia Beveridge, Mark Dam, Stephen Illies, Chantal, Claire Doy, Mark D, Stephen Shikia, Sarah Munro, Lishi, Debbie Isquilant, and Soleil Heritage. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. How did they get the information to find out where Carly was? So... Danny was a version of the smart bloke you were talking about before, you know, who who won't admit to to being conned yeah. because that's what the feds did. They conned him. So he he relocated. He'd done news, you know, please come back, Carly. I know you're out there. I know you're alive, oh. all that sort of stuff. Um, but he'd moved to Perth. And so he was living and, and, and working in Perth and they thought, what sort of things would this guy like to do what you know how how could we get him and so they thought they would see if they could you know finagle him into believing that he was joining some kind of nefarious gang oh a sting a sting so oh, a wow. fair income sting so they set him up over a period of a couple of months all of the participants were cops Yes. God, what, so what sort of gang did they create? So yeah. they created a gang that was just going to, you know, money laundering type of thing. Oh. You know, you go here and you take this. So they got him to do a few things, small jobs, a and then get paid gang. quite handsomely mm. for it and then do a slightly bigger job, you know, to test him. They were testing him to see if he was worthy of being in the gang. Like the Daniel Morecambe sting. Yes. Yeah. So, they, so they did all that, but there was a group of them. So, you know, there was, he'd yet to meet the big boss, right? The big and boss then sting. The big, this big is boss a famous sting. thing where... Yeah. Again, you know, they're just like appealing to their ego. Yeah, absolutely. That's what they did because they they looked at what the the sort of guy this was and they knew from my friend that it was a – that, that it was a huge ego thing and from everything that everyone had said about him in relation to Carly and uh, was also the whole the whole ego thing. So they thought – and he was a, a bloke who big noted himself in, in general. So they thought, you know, play to his ego. So that's what they did. So it was the whole, you know, Mr Big, you haven't met Mr Big yet, you've got to do small jobs until we meet Mr Big. And then one of the middlemen who he'd gone up the ranks slightly, didn't take very long, you know, said um, <laughs> all these, these hilarious oh – I mean, they're not hilarious, but hilarious – you know, uh, money laundering things that they got him to do, and um, 
And then sort of about halfway up the thing they they said, well, okay, we've just discovered, Danny, that, that you know, you're actually the police in Northern Territory of are a bit sus about you and the disappearance of your girlfriend. What gives with that? So he lied to them, you know. Yes. Oh, no, I mean, she just ran off, you know. Everyone thinks I did something to her and I didn't I really love her and, I'm, you know, I'm hoping that she'll come back one day, that she'll come to her senses, you know. And they're going, well, you know, it's, it's um, you know, we've, <laughs> we can't sort of, you know, proceed too far with the police sort of looking looking over you. So, you know, think about you know, if, if that really is the truth. So, you know, they, they waited a while and they said, oh, look, you know, the, 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 the cops have just been in Perth. And they, so they did it, cops in Perth asking him questions and then going away. The cops were at your place. What gives? Oh, well, you know, they're doing this still. And, and so the middleman is going, look, you know, in order to, to go all the way with us and, and join us properly, we're going to have to deal with this. So you've got to be honest with us. So we're going to let you meet Mr. Big um, and he because he wants to talk to you because this is a situation where you'll be in or out with us. Yeah. Wow. And, so with um, the Daniel Malcolm sting, I remember the story was um, we can handle anything. We can get you out of anything as long as you're honest with us. Exactly. Is that what this one was? That's exactly how it was. Mm. So he finally gets to meet Mr. Big and Mr. Big was like that. You're in or you're out, but if you're in, you have to be honest with us. And so he finally said, okay, I did I, I did kill her. This is what happened. Mm. Okay. And so then they said, okay, well, that's not good enough because what if her body turns up? Yes, you know, that's So if right. her body turns oh. up, yeah. um, we're going to, you know, it, it will lead to, to back to you, obviously. The police already suspect you. So and that will lead back to us because, you know, you know, you've been seen with you know members of our our group and everything. So we can't we can't progress until until we know where the body is, be, and we will dispose of it and for we'll you. Move it. That's right. Right. So <laughs> big <sighs> ego. One of them goes up to to the to Darwin with him and gets in a car and he goes and he shows them where her body is and they arrested him on the spot. Jeez. Wow. Jesus. Brilliant. God. Brilliant. Um, how long did this operation take? How long did they invest in this? I think it was about six months from, from Unbelievable. memory. Unbelievable. So. It's yeah. a fair bit of time. Isn't it's it? massive. And the and the people involved. Yeah, the people involved. Are massive. Well, the, just the police reaction, you know, yeah. in in and around Darwin trying to find her when she, when she yeah. was missing was extraordinary. They had, you know, the, how they normally have the um, cardboard cutouts and everything mm. of, you know, where she was last seen and those sorts of things. They had uh, huge banners up. They had signs all Put over the them. place. They had, you know, on the on the twelve month anniversary, they had an, another uh, special Crime Stoppers program, all of that sort of stuff. So they 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 did not give up in their attempt to find out what happened to her publicly, which is why the moment that he could, he left town. Mm. Yeah, um, because it was relentless. You know, up there, anybody he knew up there would would were assuming that he had something to do with her disappearance because no one believed that, oh, yeah, she'd run off with and left her child behind. And even though, like, he obviously confessed to the uh, the undercover yeah. cop, but then he did something really like an absolute bastard in court as well because he tried to use a particular defence, which is very controversial, didn't he? Like a defensive. Um, was it provocation? provocation? Provocation. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't hold water anywhere no. anymore. You know? it, got, it got shot down yeah, pretty quick. it got quick, shot yeah. down really quickly. But the whole, you know, she made me do it. The Darwin murder trial of Danny Jack Deacon took an unexpected turn today when he told the jury that he did kill Carly Sinclair, but he denied it was a planned murder. His barrister, John Tippett QC, asked, You killed Carly Sinclair, is that right? Yes. You lied to cover up the fact you caused her death? Yes. She was in a cult. 
but um, the gurgling blood and uh, so just finish it, finish it, finish it. I finished it. I was sitting on her and I just put my weight on it. No one could breathe with that. No one. I, I held on to her long enough to you know, know that she wasn't breathing anymore. Deacon told the jury he and Carly Sinclair had an argument on the night he killed her and he was worked up. It was suggested that our son probably wasn't mine and she was leaving with him to Brisbane and was going to make sure I didn't see him again. He said he punched her but then tried to perform first aid. I administered two short breaths and a trickle of blood came from her nose. And he, that, that was not going to hold water because of the fact that he'd already dug the grave. Yeah, haven't oh, they worked that out see, out of I interest? Like, um, how because, they... because what they found out was that uh, in a certain time previously, he'd organised a digger dirt. What do you call those things? A, a, backhoe? Yeah, backhoe no. sort of thing. Uh, he'd, he'd hired one of those and um, uh, oh. gone. And it was clear that it had been dug quite some time before. Oh. Yeah. But it, it was clear. You know, you, you can see it from... from just how long, how old the hole was and all oh. that sort of stuff. He got a fair sentence, didn't he? Look, quite a long time. I'm going to say 26 on the top, 18 on the bottom. Something like that. He yeah. did appeal it. He did appeal it and... and um, Non-parole of 21 years and six months. Yeah. Okay, that's all right. Yeah. yeah. And um, his appeals were dismissed. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, both of them. And your friend... It must have been extremely disturbing, even though she said to the feds, look, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, but that mm. must have been pretty oh, fancy, traumatic. Fancy yes. your ex-husband going on to murder To murder next someone wife. else yeah. and just thinking, oh, my God, that could have been me. Yeah. But the, the feds came back. They, they tried the, the second time that they came back, so they told her a little bit more about, you know, that he'd been running mm. a, um, a landscaping business and, and, you know, doing concreting and things like that. And she said, oh, really? Oh. And have you checked the, the, the concrete he's laid? Because, mm. hello, that would be a, a good pla- way to dispose of a body. Mm. They did actually check something he'd recently laid with mm. a ground imaging thing and there was nothing there. So, But, yeah, I mean, I mean, she stated the obvious from the get-go that if he did it, he'd got the perfect way of disposing of the body, you know. God. Thanks to our guest, Lindy Cameron. Lindy's book, Toxic... Cold-Blooded Australian Murders, co-authored with Finn J. Ross, is available online and from bookstores. Lindy is a publisher at Clandestine Press, which publishes a lot of great books, including one of mine, Angels of Death, Doctors and Nurses Who Kill. Details will be in the show notes for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. This has been another Smartfella production in conjunction with the Acast Creator Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. 
Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so you know we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out.